Well, good morning, Fox Valley Church. My name is Adam Vietmar. I'm one of the elders here. For you, those of you just joining us, this is week three of a four-week series called Made New. It is my birthday today. I don't, I don't know if you guys knew that. Yes, it is my birthday. And I like to think in my 43 years that I have learned something, uh, that I've matured a little bit and learned things in my 43 years. And I will share something I have learned in my 43 years. As a father, one of the great gifts you have is the ability to take the God, God's word and share it with your children, right? That's one of the great gifts that we get to do. And I will say this to young fathers and to people aspiring to be a father one day. When you sit down, your seven-year-old daughter, and you open up God's word to her, don't expect her to respond with reverence and awe when you tell her that the two most important words in the Bible are, but God. (laughs) Expect her to respond with giggles and laughter for years to come. (laughs) Yes, but in all seriousness, uh, it is my birthday, and there is no place I would rather be. There is no place I would rather be than here with you right now doing exactly this. You saw that video. What a special church we have here, and it's such a privilege to be up here and be with you, and I'm so thankful to do it. So we're talking about Made New, a four-part series. You'll see a little synopsis behind me of where we're going. We're in week three. Week three is we are putting on the new self. But when I do our recap, I like to look at our theme verse. Our theme verse is 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Remember that in Christ means true believers. Paul is talking to believers here because we're new creations. We're made new. Jesus paid the price for us on the cross to make us new. He is the means by which we've been made new. And God creates with a purpose. He gets the credit for it. And he created us for his glory. Remember, God is first and foremost about his glory. And that is correct and right. And that's what we're supposed to be first and foremost about. His glory. And then it says the old is gone. Don't forget, we were members of the dominion of darkness. We were spiritually dead. We were under God's wrath. And he stepped into our story and saved us. Right? And there are remnants of that old self that we still need to kill because it lurks. And last week we were fairly blunt on what we need to do with our sin. We need to kill it. And I hope you had opportunities throughout the week and that you did kill it and that you guys had the opportunity to do it. But we're talking about who is this new self today? Who is this new self? Now Paul talks about this all throughout his letters, but I'm gonna go old school today. We're gonna turn to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 36. No one does foreshadowing better than God does. Ezekiel is a prophet. He's a prophet to God's people in Babylon. Remember, the southern kingdom's been conquered, and God's people are now in Babylon in a foreign land. And Ezekiel is communicating God's words to them. Ezekiel 36, 24 says this, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. 
You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people, and I will be your God. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for Fox Valley Church. Thank you for what you're doing here. And God, I ask that you would speak this morning, that you would pour your spirit out. Give us ears to hear. God, you have plans and purposes. No one is here by accident. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So who is the new self? It's him in us. We have no time to waste this morning. There's way too much to get into. It is God in you. Galatians 2.20 says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, The Spirit of God dwells in you. In Ephesians 1, it says that the Holy Spirit is a deposit in us, guaranteeing our inheritance. Talk about the mystery of all mysteries. The God of all things inhabits you. He's in you. He comes into you and lives in you and changes your heart and your affections. Do you know how different this is than man-made gods? Man-made gods stand high and mighty above you, and then you work your way to get to them. And you know what man-made gods really are? It's a chance for man to just live out his pride. Our sinful selves want to be enough. We want to be able to earn it. So we create these man-made gods, and then we say that we can earn it, right? We can pray five times a day. We can go on two-year missions. We can knock on as many doors as we want, and then we please this man-made God, and we go to our man-made heavens, and we live out our man-made pleasures. That is not the truth. Do you know what the one true God does? He is high and mighty above us, absolutely, but he sees our situation, and he sees that we are completely unable to come to him. We can't do it. So you have a God-sized problem and a God-sized debt, and what does he do? He comes and meets us. He comes to us. You see it all throughout our verse here today. I will come. I will put my spirit in you. I will remove your idols. And he comes down to us and puts his spirit in us and pays the price for us because he loves us. He loved us that much. He loved you that much to step into your story and save you. He loved me that much, and he wanted to show us the boundless riches of his mercy, the incomparable riches of his grace, his kindness to us in Christ Jesus, and he shows himself glorious because he gets the glory for that. Not some man-made God where it's like, I earned it, right? I did enough good things to get there. No, he stepped into our story, and he gets the glory for that because he's the one who saved us. He chose us. Now, It's one of the mysteries of mysteries that he does that and that he inhabits us, but what's amazing is that he doesn't just come in here and remove the heart of stone. Did you see the verse today? He removes the heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. Can you imagine if the verse said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone, and that was it. Do you know how many Christians I see where their whole life is about putting off the old self? I feel like this is how Christians are often portrayed in movies and television. I'm a Christian, therefore I just run away from the world. I don't do anything, right? I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't chew or go with girls who do, or however that old song was, right? (laughs) Right? This is how Christians are so often portrayed. They're missing it. They're missing it. God didn't come just to remove the old heart of stone. He came to give you a heart of flesh so there's life abundantly and you can live it right? Don't be defined by the things you don't do. Be defined by the things you do. 
No one is gonna go to Pastor Tom's funeral in 30 years and talk about all the things he didn't do. You understand that? We will not be there talking about the things Pastor Tom didn't do. No, we will be there talking about the things he did, the ways he spoke encouragement to us and spoke life, the truth that he brought us to, right? The way God used him to build a church and do things. The new creations know that the new in them is him. It's God in us. That's one of the mysteries and great gifts that we've ever been given. Now, we need to understand that this is a choice. This is a choice. Certainly a choice to follow him. That's a different sermon for a different time. I'm talking to new creations here. You need to choose to put on the new self. This is also one of the great mistakes of the Christian life. We spend so much time and effort and energy to put off the old self. It takes so much of our focus, and it should. But we take all this energy to put off our old clothes, and then we act like some Disney princess, that the mice and the birds are gonna come magically clothe us in our new clothing. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Both are an effort. Both are our pursuit. Look at Colossians 3. If you have your Bibles, Colossians 3. We were in Colossians 3 last time. We looked at Colossians 3, 1 through 10. This is putting on the new self, but listen to the command language here in Colossians 12 through 7, Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do you hear the commands in there? Command after command to put on. Put on, put on, put on the new self to live this out. Now let me explain something quickly. I'm telling you to choose to put on the new self. There can be a misunderstanding or a good question that's asked, how does my emotion fit into this? How does emotion, because I'm asking you to choose it, right? But if your heart isn't behind it, should I choose it or shouldn't I? It's one of the great questions, and if you're asking it, I'm glad you're asking it, because you're wrestling with this, right? You're asking, how does this live? How do I live this out? How do I make this real? Okay, Bible reading, right? This is something we can all deal with, Bible reading. We all struggle with this. So, I can wake up in the morning, and I can want to read my Bible, or I cannot want to read my Bible, right? Now, if I want to read my Bible, great, right? Dive in. Dive into the riches that are in it. But if I wake up and don't want to read my Bible, I have choices. I have choices. Now I can say, you know what? I don't want to read this today and just choose not to do it. Not a great choice. Not a great choice, right? Because there's life in here and I need it, right? Well, I could choose to say, you know what? I don't want to read this, so I'm just going to get it done. I'm going to get my check mark. I'll read my chapter and get it over with and move throughout my day. God is not honored in that. God does not need 
you to just do actions. Do you remember the Pharisees in the Old Testament? I'm sorry, in the New Testament, the Pharisees that followed Jesus? They didn't follow Jesus, did they? I'm sorry, they didn't follow Jesus. That followed God who had a perception that they were following God. They weren't, right? They were just checking boxes. They were showing up to the services. They knew their scriptures. They were tithing. And Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. They were dead on the inside. God does not want your actions with no heart behind them. Are some of you here going through the motions? Are you showing up on Sunday mornings just to show up? Do you read this and toss it aside with no heart or affection behind it? So here's your third option. The morning I wake up and I don't want to read this, I can repent. Repent of it. And I say, God, I don't want this this morning. I don't want to read this, but I know that I need it and I know there's life there. So I repent of it, Lord, and I ask you to change my heart and change my affections and turn me toward this. And now I'm going to enter in and read it and trust that you will. Do you know how often God answers that prayer? He answers it so often. Now, maybe not every time, but so often he will meet you there and he will give you a verse to give to someone else or a verse for you and encourage you. Do you think those volunteers you saw in that video want to serve every time? Do you think they want to show up and serve? No. There are so many mornings, I'm sure, where they're like, oh, I got to do this again. But then hopefully they are checking their heart and saying, God, change the affections of my heart so that I see this and see you as a treasure, as a treasure. The pursuit of God is not a chore to be tolerated, but a treasure to be savored. Savor the pursuit. It's part of what we're supposed to do. Jerry Bridges says it like this, it is both the privilege and the duty of every Christian to pursue godliness, to train himself or herself to be godly, to study diligently the practice of godliness. Dig in. Getting to know him and coming to faith is just the beginning. The rest is the adventure. Dig in there and get to know him. Now, if the Holy Spirit lives within us and God is living within us, he will speak to us. He will speak to us. Pastor Tom often calls this whispers. He will whisper to us and speak to us in different ways. You're going to see a picture behind me. No, this is not an advertisement for the hair club for men, okay? (laughs) Although it may look like it, it is not. This is my good buddy Todd and my brother. Todd and I went to college together. This is the best whisper story I can give you from my life. So, Todd and I went to college together at Trinity in Deerfield. I had tickets to a Kane County Cougars baseball game. I invited Todd. We were driving to the game and we were talking about all the amazing things God was doing in our lives. It was a neat time for us in college. We were maturing, we were growing, things were becoming real to us in the gospel and God was doing something and we were talking about it the whole ride there. We went to the baseball game, we were driving back to Trinity and we continued to talk about all the things God was doing in our hearts and our lives. We had some time to kill and in college you don't go to bed till 2 a.m., right? So we pulled up to a blockbuster video, we were gonna rent a movie and we're sitting in the parking lot about to go in and rent the movie and we looked at each other and we said, wait a second, what are we doing? 
All this night, we've been talking about how God is stirring in us and doing something and we want to live differently and we're about to go in and rent a movie and spend it like every other Friday night for the last 10 years. Let's do something different. And so we did. So we went to a Dominic's grocery store behind us and we bought peanut butter and jelly and bread and we bought sandwich, I'm sorry, we bought sandwich bags and we bought chips and apples and we made meals and we drove to downtown Chicago and we went and handed out food to homeless people and we talked to them and we shared about Jesus with them and we prayed with them and you know what we did two weeks later? We made meals and we went to downtown Chicago and shared about Jesus with homeless people. You know what we did three weeks after that? For two years, every two to four weeks, Todd and I would go down to the city and we would meet with these homeless people. I still remember many of them. William and Roger and Bonnie and we get to know their stories. All the while, God is burning and stirring in us a heart for mission, growing in us a love for his gospel and his love for people stirring in us an emotion to take his gospel to the nations that would ultimately take Stephanie and I to China and take Todd to Ecuador where he would meet his wife and his son. You know who's praying for me this morning? Todd. You know who's praying for you this morning? Todd. Whispers. One night. One night where we listen to the Holy Spirit. One night where God was speaking and we chose to listen to him and not just listen to the things of the world. Can you hear it? He lives within you and he will whisper. Now, I'm here to tell you, that was 20 plus years ago. I can't tell you how many nights I've missed the whispers because of selfishness or sin or busyness. I don't always hear it and do it perfectly, right? But in tune your heart to it. In tune your heart to it. God wants to speak to you New creations choose to put on the new self and new creations want to put on the new self. You want to hear the voice of God and do it. Okay, I've been debating on this next part of when to bring this in and now's the time, okay? Buckle up because I'm gonna shock your theology here a little bit this morning. You need good works to get into heaven, I'm gonna say that again. You need good works to get into heaven. Now let me be very careful with my language right now, okay, before someone walks up on stage and removes me, okay? <laughs> let me be crystal clear. Your good works do not save you. I am not contradicting our first two messages or earlier even today, right? You are saved by grace through faith. Grace is an Gift from God, unmerited favor, a gift you don't deserve. He chose you. You didn't earn your way there. But make no mistake, you need good works to get into heaven. Romans 8.13 says this, If you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Do you know who Paul's talking to there in Romans? Believers. Believers, and he is telling them, if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. Hebrews 12, 14 says, there is a holiness without which you will not see the Lord. Holy living is necessary. The reason I'm telling you this is putting off the old self and putting on the new self is not optional. Do you understand that? This is not an option. This is what Christians do. If you have been made new, 
You are putting off the old self and putting on the new self. It's what you do. It's evidence of authentic, real faith. Tim Keller said it this way, you are saved by faith alone, but not by faith that remains alone. Greg Morris says it this way, no one in heaven will be there on the basis of his good works, and no one will be in heaven who did not walk in good works on this earth. They go hand in hand. If he has made you new, you are doing good works. It is evidence of authentic faith. When someone asks you, how do you know you're a Christian? The proper answer is not that I walked to the front of the church when I was 10 years old. That's not the proper answer. How do you know you're a Christian? I know I'm a Christian because I'm becoming more like Christ. That's how you know you're a Christian. I'm growing in peace and patience and self-control and all the fruits of the Spirit. I'm seeing him as more of a treasure. I want to have a hunger to know him. That's how you know you're a Christian. Now, let me again be careful. We all have valleys, right? We all have valleys that we walk through. We all have sin struggles. We will not do this perfectly, this side of heaven. But there is a pursuit there. There is a heart. Jesus is not fire insurance. He's not, he's the God of all things that wants your whole life. So, if it's this important, how do we do it? If putting off the old self and putting on the new self is of eternal importance, how? How do we do this? We do it by the renewal of our mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Remember we talked about that earlier. God's mercy. He chose to save us, to show us his mercy. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, right? Put off the old self, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the secret. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then you will be able to live the new self, transform your mind. It almost feels like a secret that Paul puts it in here. It's not a secret, but I love the way Paul does it. I have to read this quickly. Colossians 3, 9 and 10. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Renewed in knowledge sounds a lot like transformation of your mind, right? Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self. That's the secret. The renewal of your mind is the key to putting off the old self and the new self. Pastor Tom has talked about this as we went through Romans. Brad has talked about this, and I'll talk about it again. You need to renew your mind. You see, our old mind had a hard-heartedness. We were closed off to the things of God. We were selfish. The new mind, the new flesh, the new heart that's put within us, has an inclination to God. There is a softness there. There's a desire to do his will and to hear from him. So how do we do this? How do we do it? It should be no surprise to you that I'm going to tell you, you can't. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it alone. It has to be God. Titus 3.5 says this, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. It's God who renews your mind. It's God who renews your mind. 
But like we've talked about, sanctification, right? A passivity and an activity, we can act in it. Fix your mind on things you need to fix your mind on. Set your mind in the right place. We were at a soccer game. My youngest daughter had a soccer tournament. My oldest daughter, Mia, and I are sitting right next to each other. All the soccer teams are playing their warm-up music, right? Avery's team is playing Elements by Toby Mac. Toby Mac is a Christian artist. The team she's playing against is playing Beat It by Michael Jackson. (laughs) Now, I'm sitting with Mia. You need to know something about Beat It. First of all, I love Michael Jackson. (laughs) Second of all this, my sophomore year of high school, we did a choreographed lip-sync dance to Beat It. You can ask me about it later. I will happily not show you, okay? (laughs) So, but we're sitting there, Mia and I, right next to each other, and I ask her, I said, Mia, what song do you hear? And she goes, I hear Elements by Toby Mac. And I said, I can't hear it. All I can hear is Beat It by Michael Jackson. Now, why? Why? Because for decades, I had trained my ear to hear Beat It by Michael Jackson. What are you training your ear to hear, Christian? What are you training your ear to hear? Are you surrounding yourself with brothers and sisters that speak life into you and point you toward Jesus? Are you reading the word and being renewed in your mind because he speaks to you through it, right? What music are you listening to? What things do you watch? Are you coming to before the throne on Friday? You know we'll be here and we'll be worshiping. Now, I'm not trying to guilt you into it, right? I'm not talking about creating a Christian bubble where we have to all be around Christians all the time, but do you give yourself any opportunity to hear from him? Give yourself opportunity to renew your mind in the whispers, right, that he will speak to you. And here's the final way you do it. You have to pray. You have to ask him. He has to do it. Ephesians 1, I can't leave it out. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Have you prayed that for yourself? Have you prayed that over your children? Have you prayed that for your spouse? If you haven't, today today. Ask him. Dig in. He is the one who renews your mind. He is the one that reminds you of what you are, that you've been made new. Do you know who you are, Christian? Do you know who you are? You've been made new, and the God of all things lives within you. Do you realize the power of that? Do you realize what you're capable of? Do you realize how that answers all the questions of identity, belonging, and purpose? The culture wants to tell you that your identity is in your sexual orientation. The culture wants to tell you that your identity is in the gender of your choosing. The culture wants to tell you the identity is in your skin color. And he says something different. He says, your identity is in him. He is the one who defines who you are. Not the culture, not your own feelings. He's the one who gets to tell you what you are. And that's who you want telling you who you are. You want to be belonged in him because the question of belonging, you are in the family. When he saves you, you are adopted as a son and daughter of the king. And you are an heir. And look around. Look at each other. 
Look, I'm actually asking you to look. Brothers and sisters united, you're not here alone. You belong to the family in purpose. I can't tell you what job to take. I can't tell you what college to go to. But I can tell you what you're supposed to do when you get there. All things for the glory of God. All things. I don't know the places that he'll take you, but I know what he wants you to do once you're there. Everything for him. I'll finish with this. I realize that these messages have been emotional. These messages have been emotional. One of my prayers as I came up here and up front knowing that was that my emotion would not distract you from the truth. I am not up here to give you a performance. I hope you know that. You've seen pastors like that that are just trying to raise up this emotion that's not grounded in anything. That is not my hope. But I also prayed this, that any emotion that I have up here that is grounded in the truth, that I would let it flow. Because I'm not ashamed of this. And I will proclaim this fearlessly. Because there's no better story than this. There's nothing better for me to share with you. And I pray that God would root any emotion that you have in his truth. And it will take you and your affections higher than you ever dreamed. Because there's nothing better than what I'm sharing with you. The God of all things lives within you. It changes everything. And it means everything. And eternity is coming where we will be with him. All right, I'm going to pray for you guys. Let's pray. Uh, I want to pray this over you. I was wondering what to pray. Hear the old self, new self language in this as I pray it. Let's close your eyes and hear this. Let the Spirit speak to you. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Amen.